Welcome to episode 21 of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. It is another episode of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. I am, of course, your host, Stacey Harris. If you ever want to connect with me directly or uh, uh, tweet me, you can use the uh, Twitter handle at the Stacey Harris. Or, of course, also use the hashtag Hit the Mic uh, to share your insights from the show. Uh, usually at this point in the show, I would be doing shout outs. Uh, to get your shout out on a future episode, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a review. Um, also, you can tweet me at the hashtag at the mic, and I will give you a shout out in a future episode. Uh, as you guys know, in the last episode, I did a sort of state of the podcast to let you guys know what had been happening. Thanks so much for your amazing feedback. It seemed you guys really sort of enjoyed my blabbering on that episode, so that was fun. Today, though, I'm super excited to have uh, Becca on the show from thankthenow.com. Becca is, Becca Ribbing is the editor and creator of Think the Now. Like most people, she sometimes finds mindfulness, mindfulness to be elusive, but she's continually learning from her family, friends, and the fantastic authors of thinkthenow.com. I am super excited about this episode because Becca is fun and great, and we had a really great time chatting. Uh, so she is on the show. Don't forget, like I asked last time, um, if there's anybody you'd like to see on the show or you would like to be a guest here at Hit the Mic, be sure to email me, podcast at thestacyharris.com. It's the best way to do that. Without any more blibber blabbering from me, let's dive right in with Becca. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. So you heard me talk about um, Becca before the show started, but now I am going to let her introduce herself because... Um, as you guys know, I always think the guest does a better job. So um, tell us a little bit about you and and what you do. Well, my name is Becca, and I run a website called Thank the Now. And the point of that website is basically to bring a little bit of peace and a little bit of mindfulness into everybody's life. I, I found meditation when I was 13. Oh, geez. No, actually, I was 12. Um, I was at I was home and this 13 year old girl from California came and visited her aunt down the street for a week during that summer. And she taught me how to meditate. It, she was I just need to say she was so cool. Like <laughs> a 13 year old from California. I'm living in Jersey at the time. It's like the Holy Grail. It's like the Holy Grail. And she's like telling me about how this Buddhist monk came to her school. Even her school assemblies were cooler than my school assemblies. <laughs> and so I basically, I think the gist of it was, I don't even think it was more than a 15 minute conversation, but the gist of it was sit down, sit cross-legged, put your hands on your lap and follow your breath in and out, in and out. And I was kind of like, Cool. Well, she's cool. I'm going to try it. And so I started meditating. Um, I've been meditating very haphazardly ever since. I, it comes and goes. Sometimes it's easier than others. There have definitely been years in between in that time span where I haven't meditated. But one of the things that I took away from that 
is that meditation and mindfulness it doesn't need to be as complicated as everybody makes it out to be. And I wasn't really even aware of how complicated some people make it out to be until, oh, until high school, I think. I started actually, I started, you know, experimenting with religion, like searching and seeing what I wanted to believe. And so I was already meditating. I started reading some Buddhist books. And I couldn't even tell you what those books were right now. But I remember thinking, how dry and unaccessible they were. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've gotten better. Uh, There are definitely a lot of books that I would consider much more accessible than what I was reading. But still, a lot of it is in book form. Like, you want to go learn how to meditate, you read Mindfulness in Plain English, which is a lovely book, but it's 300 pages. And the general gist is sit comfortably and follow your breath for as long as you want to. Um, You know, I I often set a timer to tell me, like I usually set a timer for five to 10 minutes, but you know, it's, it doesn't need to be as complicated. And if you want to make it into a dedicated practice, that's great. But if what you really need is just to be a little calmer you don't need all the strictures. You don't, you don't need to make it complicated. So the point of the website is to show how mindfulness kind of applies to daily life. Um, I have a lot, I have about, I think 70 authors now. So, uh, they, you know, it's a lot of, I mean, most of the articles aren't even about meditation. They're just about mindfulness, like forgiveness, handling different situations in a way that is purely just a little more mindfully than than normal. And I find the stories really inspiring myself. You know, I I don't come at this from a guru standpoint. I come at this from a I'm still trying to figure it all out and I wish I handled the challenges in my life more mindfully. So I find it really inspiring to read those stories of times when someone had a struggle and they just clicked in, you know, Mm -hmm. like they had that aha moment and they were able to help diffuse a situation or they learned something about themselves just because they were just a little more centered than normal. So, yeah, so that's kind of the gist of the website. I um, love the website. I I love that it's sort of a reminder in really small ways to be more mindful. I think um I am sort of um equal parts woo-woo and logical. <laughs> so, I really like that um a lot of the articles are sort of like really just basic ways to bring um, your life into a more pleasant place. There's not a lot of like hours a day dedicating yourself to some sort of crazy practice that nobody has time for. Um, there's just little ways. So I really love that. Um, I know that on your website you recently launched um, some guided meditations. And I love them, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Um, what made you want to sort of bring um, sort of 
an easier way for people to not only learn to meditate, but make that a part of their regular practice? You know, it's funny. At a certain level, this entire website is written because it's something that I feel I need. So the guided meditations really stem from that. I love guided meditations. And I... I I don't always use them, but I think especially to begin with or, you know, when you're having a really bad day and you just need to recenter, get some Zen back in your life. It, it's really hard to do that completely internally. And I just love I love guided meditations because they can really help you refocus so much quicker. But the thing I found with guided meditations is that there are so many out there and a lot of the production qualities aren't a lot of them. The production quality isn't that great. And that's really jarring to me. It's jar, especially if you're in the middle of it and the for some reason, you know, there's some squeal or the music starts changing in weird ways. Um, so at a certain level, I'm writing the guided meditations that I wish I had been able to find when I was trolling around on YouTube and on iTunes for guided meditations. So um, I know that sounds a little silly, but it's, I don't think it's silly at all. I think it's why most of us create something in our business um, <laughs> or or create anything is sort of we kind of create what we wish we'd had. Um, I think that um, I co-host. um YFV chat every Thursday on um, Young Female Entrepreneurs on Network. And I think that in those in the course of those interviews, we hear again and again and again the same thing. Like, well, I created something that I really, you know, you know, I would have wanted or something didn't function. So I created something that did function. I think that's sort of the inspiration for a lot of creation. Um. Obviously, the focus of, of this show is sort of around community and networking and sort of building a, a brand or a business. How do you um, work to sort of get your content out to people? Huh. Um, I guess. Well, there's a lot of networking involved because I try to keep it. I, I've been playing around with the numbers, like what the appropriate mix of content written by me versus content written by others is, Mm -hmm. but I try to keep it at least where over 50, 60, 70% of the content is by others. Cause I find that having those different insights, different perspectives really helps broaden the website. So there's been, and I started this in June. So there's been a huge learning curve and a huge I started in June and I had no connection with the mindfulness world. So a lot of this has just been trolling around on Twitter, seeing what other people are linking to and then going and checking out their blogs and then finding something that I was finding a story I really like and then reaching out to the author and being like, Hey, can I use this or something else of yours? I really like your style. And I think the thing that's been the most satisfying about that is now I've got these friends. Uh, You know, I mean, some people it's just a one-off, but a lot of them 
ends up contacting me like, hey, I just wrote this. Would you like to put it on your website or introducing me to other people? It's been really network broadening fairly quickly. And it's just been really gratifying and really um, just a really wonderful sense of community already. That's awesome. And I think that that's important is, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to those people and just say, hey, I like your stuff. You know, do you want to connect in some way? Is there some way we can work together? And I mean, you can apply that when you're not talking about um, even, you know, aggregating content, when you're talking about just maybe doing a joint webinar or having a guest on your podcast or, you know, having a guest blog on your website. Um, even if that's something you don't do very often is just reach out to the people who you want to connect with because there's just like a person on the other side of that computer. And I think that's something we forget. Well, and you know, I think the other thing that we forget is how flattered we would be in the same situation. Exactly. And it's, you know, I've been astounded. I think at the beginning I was kind of tracking the numbers a little bit more than I am now, but something like 80 to 90% of the people that I was emailing were emailing me back. And, a lot of them, I mean, when I started in June, I had no traffic. I had no Facebook likes. I had, like, I think 30 Twitter followers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's, um, and quite frankly, I think my 30 Twitter followers, half of them were Thrive Hive, which I love, but. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our Thrive Hive shout-out for the show. So that's the our Thrive Hive thing shout-out. here at Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris is the Thrive Hive love. Um, I joke in several episodes that we should just have a sponsored by Thrive Hive sticker on it. But um, as far as getting your content, you bring up social media and sort of your network and you started so recently. How have you um, worked to get the content that's on your site out to an audience and grow an audience on sites like Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Google Plus and all the, the other options? How do you manage getting sort of that traffic back to the site? Well, I will start off by saying somewhat poorly. Um, I will totally, this has been a huge learning curve. You know, I've used Facebook for years, but, you know, I'm one of those annoying people that post 20 pictures of their kids. Like, I, <laughs> I, it's not necessarily, I've never used Facebook in any sort of professional way. And it's a totally I, different ballgame. It's worth mentioning right here is it's not the same process. As oh, it is. You're just like, you know, you're using totally it socially is. It's different, but like the same things kind of apply, but you have you have to kind of go with a thought, a different thought process sometimes. You're totally right. And I think that one of the hard things is, is that every there are commonalities between all the social media platforms, but there is so much difference between them as well. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't start Pinterest until about, God, was it a month ago? It might have been like a little bit more than a month ago. So the Pinterest is definitely the slowest growing, although surprisingly was one of the quickest to generate traffic, which I was kind of shocked by. It's because Pinterest is a powerhouse traffic generator. It really is. And Especially because you have some really great images on your site. And, and yeah. I think that um, a lot of us are looking for um, sort of what you offer, which is that sort of mindfulness made easy, but not necessarily easy, but mindfulness that makes sense. Right. Mindfulness in bite-sized pieces. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess 
Right now, I probably do the best, like, my campaign structure is probably the best on Twitter. Um, that's recent, but I finally sat myself down and really figured out how to use Buffer to schedule out weeks in advance. And one of the nice things about having a site where you're having a bunch of posts, I've got, you know, in four months, I have, I think, 100 posts. So I have a lot of it's a lot of content. And the fun thing is, is that it's a lot of, I mean, not all, a lot of the, that hundred is written by me. Maybe 20 to 30 of them are written by me. But the other ones I can link and shout out to other authors. And there are so many wonderful mindfulness quotes and gratitude quotes that I can pull in and happiness. So it's really, I've got it down, I think, for, for Twitter. But Facebook has been a little more challenging. I'm starting, with your help, (laughs) to feel a little more confident in it. Um, And, you know, some of it's been dumb luck. Even before I – well, shout out to you, your – oh, no, now I'm forgetting the Facebook – Rockstar Guide to Facebook Marketing. Yes, Rockstar Guide. I happen to know the name of it. You happen to know. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm talking to the very person. <laughs> um, you know, I got really, I think I probably would have given up on Facebook before I even talked to you if it hadn't been that I just happened to luck out on the perfect ad to get likes to my Facebook page. And for some reason, it doesn't work as well as it used to, and I can't figure out why. But when I you know, when you once you get your first fifty, your first fifty followers, they send you a fifty dollar credit to use to to play around with their advertising. Yes. And I found this one of the, it was a post by this wonderful Australian lady who does a uh, um, shelves people with fashion, and the title of the the title of the post was you are more beautiful than you think, or maybe that was my tagline. Now I'm trying to even remember what the post name was, but my, the, you know, the post is underneath the little comment that I wrote. And Mm -hmm. the comment I wrote was that you are more beautiful than you think. And I tell you, Facebook just ate that up. I think I paid with my $50. I think I got almost 400 followers. Wow. So like, it was like, I, is that right? It was it was maybe 300 followers. It was really like I was paying less than 20 cents a follower. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I know. And I still I can't figure out how I, I've never been able to replicate it. Uh, honestly, I went back and tried that same post, tried to use that same post as an ad a couple months later, and it didn't work nearly as well. So I have no idea how the Facebook gods made that all happen. (laughs) But because of it, I all of a sudden had a following of close to 400 people. It's grown to almost 500 now. But it was really, um, it really whetted my appetite which is what they why they give you the $50. Yes, yes, that's exactly why they give you the $50. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, but I'm like, I've been bumbling along ever since. Um, I, I am now porting in, it was easier to start out with Twitter, I think, because Twitter, it's just so, I almost want to say stream of consciousness isn't the right word, but Twitter, you know, it's not, there's no analytics behind it. If the person sees your post, they see the post because they're on at the right time. That's it. So you can, you, people aren't seeing every single post of yours and it's not as, or it's more forgiving than Facebook. I guess that's the word I want to use. But, but it's been really interesting because through talking, honestly, the Facebook guide to marketing or the rockstar guide to Facebook marketing was so helpful because because of the group conversations, like the yeah. classes were fantastic and they really helped me uh, get to know how to actually do the advertising. Right. Cause I really wasn't doing it right. <laughs> but also it helped me because you'd be talking to, Oh, say Nicole, who's the, uh, who does the wardrobe code. Who's also like kind of a war, uh, wardrobe, coach and that's kind of a tongue twister <laughs> and it's so funny because you know it's really hard to see things for yourself but when you were talking to other people about their strategies it was like oh yeah, yeah I'm doing that I have I, I you know I probably should have known I was doing that wrong I probably you know it's like I'm savvy enough to be able to see it in others but when you hear someone else their strategy being critiqued, it makes it really so much easier for you to, to internalize it. And be like, okay, I was, a, I think that the hardest thing about social media, especially Facebook, is that you're afraid of pissing people off. Like, you're yeah. afraid of. I think of people put a bigger filter on Facebook for sure. I know. It's like, you're afraid to be you. And. But if you're I'm very not anti you, that but, in the course and everything else. Like I'm all about be you. <laughs> exactly. But I needed that. I, I really, you know, and I didn't even know that I needed that. I think that's where it all boils down to. I did not know I needed it, but I needed, I kind of needed that slap in the, splash of cold water. Like, okay, it's yeah. okay. You can be you on, or you can be your truly your business. You don't have to try to cater to people who aren't necessarily your target market. You don't or have some to magical Facebook algorithm that is, you know, all knowing. Right. <laughs> Which I think is the other I thing. Well, I try to sort of like appease. They want to like, Oh, well, I have to do this exactly right. So the Facebook algorithm will be my friend. I know. Well, and the other thing, and I don't even know, like, this is going to sound so silly because I never have mentioned this to you before. But before that, I was really scared of sponsored posts. Like, <gasps> like if people them. see, I know, but if people see that I'm sponsoring posts, are they going to think I'm a loser who doesn't have any friends and no one's liking it? So they, I have to sponsor it. <laughs> no, they're thinking you're a legitimate business slash website trying to get content out to people and that you, um, believe in that well, content so much that you want to get it in front of as many people as possible. Yes. But sometimes, <laughs> especially for small businesses, I think, and especially when the business 
I mean, I don't consider a thanks enough truly me exactly because I have just so much content from other people. Right. But definitely got my touch to it. And I think when you're running something small that's very personal, it's personal, not business. And, and it, social media just makes that exponential. Like it feels personal. You use social, you use social media personally usually before you ever try to use it for business. And so it feels totally personal. And to go through, even though you, it's like, geez, I've been on Facebook for five years now. Like, what are you going to tell me that I don't know about Facebook? Like, I've been on it for five years. I've wasted hours upon hours, on weeks probably of my life on Facebook. But, you know, at a certain level, it's business. And you need to depersonalize it. You can't, you, even though it's like that weird catch 22 because you need to be more personal on Facebook, you need to depersonalize the results and truly just look at the analytics. Well, and I think the same thing is true in several parts of our business when we talk marketing. I mean, when you talk about um, yes. unsubscribes to your email list, like you can't take those like oh my god that person doesn't like me anymore and they think I'm useless and clearly they figured out that I'm an idiot like you can't do that it's really really hard not to do that but you can't and the same thing is true when people unlike your Facebook page or unfollow you on Twitter or or don't read your stuff or whatever it is that you're you know in that moment being like oh no um you do you have to sort of take out that like it's not you Right. Um, And, you know, and this is something I say that I think is probably easier said than done. It took me a while to learn it. But if they don't like you, they genuinely don't like you and they don't like your stuff, which is going to happen. They're not your target market. They're not your ideal client. They're not somebody that you want to be friends with anyways. Yeah. Well, or it's not even friends, though. It's like followers. Everyone's small. When you're on Facebook. When you're on your business page, you can see both how many likes you have and then also how many of your friends mm-hmm. like your page. And I think that's the number. Whenever that number goes down, and it never goes down by a lot, but every once in a while I'll post something and it'll go from 50 to 49 and then back up to 50. You know, <laughs> It's always like, oh, my God, one of my friends doesn't like my stuff. I <laughs> they never, ever, ever, me. ever, ever, ever look at that number. Also, though, I, I need to stop. My personal Facebook page is uh, is a business page as well, essentially. Like, I use it solely for networking. Um, I've said this on the show before, and I will say it again. I didn't use Facebook before I had a business because I didn't like Facebook, (laughs) to be completely (laughs) honest. I am a Twitter girl through and through, um, and I really like Google+. But I, um, I, I had deleted my Facebook account years before I started my business. And so uh, when I started my business, I reopened my Facebook account. And so like I am friends with like literally my cousin and my husband. That would be the extent of my family on there. And um, I have a couple of high school friends that have found me and requested friendships. And so we're friends. Um, but like 99% of my friends on Facebook are networking connections. People I've met uh, through things like Thrive Hive or other communities I'm a part of or B-School or things like that, who I'm, like, business friends with. Right. So, like, I don't, I just, they're, they're sort of this, they're my community, yeah, at large, you know what I mean? 
So I think that that is probably a difference and it makes it a little easier than when it's like your friends, your like your real life friends, <laughs> like your real friends. Well, I think it's hard because at a certain level, my real life friends, not all of them are my target market by any stretch, but enough of them, my, enough of them I consider my target market that I, it's hard not to use that as a bellwether. Yeah. But it, but it's not, you know, I'm actually getting a lot better about it. It's, it's not personal. It's truly just if it like, why would I want, I don't want to annoy anyone. You know, like I don't want to show up in your feed if you don't want me to show up in your feed. It's that's fine. Like I only want to show up in the feed where people are actually want to hear what I say. So it, it's, I mean, God, I'm trying to like make people more calm and happier. So I don't really necessarily yes, need to make people. Like, I'm trying to make you happy. Why won't you listen to me? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's this true. That's a good point. You should be liking the bejesus out of this. Like it, it's, it's hard to, to separate yourself from that. But I I think you do a very good job of it, and, and I appreciate your thank your shout out and your kind words about the rockstar guide to Facebook marketing. I'm super, super excited that it's out there for people. And, um, I, I like the community part of it uh, that we have in the Facebook group. Um, and then every once in a while I do these cool, um, little bonuses where I'll include a group call, which is what you're talking about as far as me diving into other people's strategy. Um, so we do that in the group. We do that on the calls. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate your, your shout out for the rockstar guide. It's, it's, a labor of love because I think like you said with your website, it was something that I wanted. So I built right. it. <laughs> well, and you know, I appreciate it because it was uh, way more manageable than a lot of social media. I mean, if you, if you're starting a small business, I'm assuming your listeners have had millions of emails like, <gasps> yeah, Grow your Facebook list by five million, by five million people, <laughs> all for a cent a like, and yeah. it's kind of like this is scammy, you know? It's like it's not a unless you have an amazing marketing team, copywriting team that's really like throwing hundreds of dollars at the a B testing. It's like, it's not going to work for the little people. A (laughs) B it's just like, I'm not giving you $300 for you to like, if for you to tell me how to be as like as spammy as you are. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's totally the antithesis of my business model. And it's kind of creepy that it's, (laughs) but they are kind of funny. And honestly, I actually don't get off their lists simply because I think that it's good to see their, like, it is good for me to notice which heading, like, which subject headings actually grab my attention. That's basically, I save the ones that I find attention-grabbing in a whole separate file that I just use when I'm try- when I'm stuck on what to title something. That's a great point, so. and I'm glad you brought it up. That's something I do also with Facebook posts. Like, if I see a Facebook post either on my page or someone else's oh. that's just like blowing it up with engagement I'll be like I need to dissect this I need to know why this is working so I will like take a screenshot of it and save it I I do the same thing with like sales pages I have a whole folder on my website of sales pages I really love whether I bought the product or not because when I go to write copy or outline copy or whatever it's nice to like 
okay, why does this not suck? What made me want to hit the buy button on this so that I can sort of adapt that for my own model and make that work? I think that's, that's the key a part. Really to good. Yeah, it's easy to do it for for um, emails, but now I'm realizing I should have a whole Evernote file for. I don't. I'm not even actually for screenshots. I, I yeah, I do have. Well, yeah, they're in my Google Drive folder. Um, but for my like, I just okay. have a folder on my browser of websites that are yeah. big sales pages. Um, and you know, I'm doing a lot more speaking this year, so. I've been saving speakers pages because mine is a constant evolution because I can't find one I like mine that I'm super happy with yet. Um, so I do the same thing with sales pages, speakers pages, about pages. Are they also the like holy grail for me of copywriting? Oh, um, uh, about pages are the biggest pain in the neck. <laughs> it's hard to write an about page. <sighs> All right. Well, in an interest of not, I'm go, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. In an interest of not taking up too much more of your time, I want to uh, ha- close the show with what we always close the show with, which is you giving us an idea of where we can connect with you after the show. Obviously, in the show notes, you guys will find links to um, the guided meditations and the Think the Now site. But where can we get in touch with you, Becca? I am at Think the Now um, at Twitter. I guess I'm facebook.com slash thank the now on Facebook. And obviously I think the best way to go, go about it is just www.thankthenow.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great having you. Thank you again for all your kind words about the rockstar guide. That was super nice of you to say. Um, I loved having you on the show and talking a little bit about not just mindfulness, but also marketing and getting content out there because I think that's something that we all struggle with no matter how much content we have. I know it really is. And thank you, Stacy. This is, I, before I went on the, um, before I went on, on here to, before I went on Skype to actually have the conversation, I went and listened to a bunch of your podcasts to get a sense of what it was you were going to be asking me about. <laughs> and, you know, they're all really helpful. So thank you for starting this up. This is really, really helpful. Oh, thank you. That's super sweet. I hope that you were, you were, this was in line with the other ones. So you felt adequately prepared. See, guys, this what you was, don't know is I don't fun. tell the guests at all what we're going to talk about. I sort of surprise them when we get on Skype to talk. <laughs> Say, hey, this is what we're going to talk about, okay? And they go, all right. I send no questions. I don't allow them to prepare things. Um, so I'm I'm the meanest show host ever. So there you go. So thank you, Becca, for putting up with me. The meanest and yet sweetest. Well, I like it. Best time ever. All right, guys, this has been another episode of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. I will see you all next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>